Hey, Rob Bradford here. You guys know I'm always up for a good MVP story, and one of the best stories is Wasabi Technology. Wasabi is the world's hottest cloud storage company, and it's become the go-to provider for professional and collegiate sports teams, including 20 major league baseball teams like the Red Sox and NHL teams like the Bruins and Vancouver Canucks. Even the Liverpool Football Club is getting in on the Wasabi action. So why is Wasabi the MVP? Well, Wasabi was purpose-built to free businesses from skyrocketing storage costs and unpredictable transaction fees that the Amazons of the world are charging. In fact, Wasabi is up to 80% less than those hyperscalers and doesn't charge a cent for businesses to access their data. From Wasabi's AI-enabled intelligent media storage, Wasabi Air, to the industry's only cloud storage service with triple protection against cyber criminals, data deletion, and ransomware, Wasabi's taking the lead in driving innovation in data storage and helping sports teams to unleash the power of their data. Wasabi, another Boston-based champion. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. What up? This is Myron and you are listening to the Rye Bread Mustard, a Mariners podcast. The alternative underground back alley, underbelly, down on the docks, the other side of the tracks. Dive bar style podcast of and about the Seattle Mariners that you are listening to on the Odyssey app or wherever else you're getting your podcast action from. And hey, you might even be checking this out on YouTube or our social media uh, platforms. We're also excited. Look, the time of this recording coming out, we're less than one week from opening day. So we're just kind of checking in here on what it's looking like going into the last weekend of spring training. We're going to talk a little bit about this uh, bat boy and bat girl, uh, like time crunch that uh, major league baseball is uh, talking about and pertains to, you know, speeding up the game. I guess they're been a problem. I don't know. It's kind of ridiculous. We're going to talk about that. We also got ESPN uh, coming out with their top 100. That's right. There's another list uh, where they are saying, who's good and who's even better. Uh, the Mariners have uh, five people on this list, so we'll get into that. Of course, we're going to talk about Julio on the cover of Sports Illustrated and, more importantly, what's inside that Sports Illustrated. We're going to finish up this Friday you know, drop with our um, segment that we do when we do when we do these on Fridays, the DePoto Show Deconstructed. We'll talk about what happened on or basically our takeaways just giving you some cliff notes so you can go listen to it or if you don't have time to listen to it uh you could take it take it from me all right uh and of course i'm here once again with the homie the king of edmonds former king of ballard but the king of edmonds or the mayor of edmonds hannah up in edmonds what's going on hannah my man how are you i'm surviving man uh but <laughs> No, I'm doing good. Uh, I uh, I'm excited, man. I can't believe it's under a week before these games count, and 
we're back taking care of business and having a shot to, you know, finish the story from last year, even though this is a new season. Yeah. I mean, I'm seeing on the local news stories that they're inviting the media down to T-Mobile to get the samples and the new food at T-Mobile Park. So yeah, it's, it's close. It's here. They're raring to go. I did not get this email. What is going on? I, where, where'd you get the, did you get this email? No, but, uh, you know, I, next year, I think we, you know, I got to talk to the people at our, our Odyssey people. We should be in on at least that. Okay. Hey, you can't get me on the field during the all-star game. That's fine. Get me there when the stadium's empty, when they're giving out free samples of food, basically a Costco trip. Absolutely. Yeah. They, uh, yeah, I saw that they got some new Schwaggerty ham sandwich and, uh, you know, <laughs> and some other things. So I just saw pictures. Uh, looks good. Um, you know, it always looks a lot better when they do these unveilings compared to like when I pick it up in the third inning from section 124. But we'll see how it goes. Uh, so what what was it called? It was like a ham, ham Swaggerty sandwich. I believe. Gosh, I wonder if they're doing that for a lot of the players. I wonder if there's like Paul Seawald, you know, seafood salad or something, or if Cooper Hummel makes the team Cooper Hummel hummus, you know, or something. I don't know. Uh, we'll have to, we'll have to check in on that. We'll have to deep dive on this. That's I'm going to need some more information about this. this is, this is pretty cool. Um, anything else uh, to report before we jump into all the things that I already uh, advertised that we're going to talk about? Well, I did also to report uh, the Mariners uh, lead lead all of Major League Baseball in profit margin. So that's another thing uh, that good for them. They're uh, making a lot of money over there down there on Occidental and First Avenue. So uh, that came out today. Yeah, I did see that. It, the Mariners were the, the top profit when it was all said and done. Was that correct? Yeah. Yeah, they were number one overall. Uh, the, the the team that's worth the most was the New York Yankees, obviously. Um, and it was surprising to hear that even uh, Oakland was in the top five profitable teams. So, um, yeah, it's one of those things where the players union and, and the rich owners that spend a lot of money, you know, that frustrates them when these small market teams, I'm not saying the Mariners aren't, but I'm talking about Oakland don't spend their amount of money and with profit sharing, you know? Yeah. They're just uh, kicking back, picking up a paycheck. Absolutely. Yeah. So yeah, just some interesting news going around. Uh, I know also some, they made some tweaks to the rules and uh, we'll get into that coming out next week. Yes, that is right. That's a good, that's a nice little plug next week. Me, you, and the good homie Vlad Perez, aka Vladdy Daddy, aka Big Vlad. Uh, we're gonna be, uh, you know, talking about the rules. Uh, just kind of giving not an idiot's guide, but like a, you know, like a guide to like, okay, maybe the for the casual fans. And if you're, you know, a hardcore fan that knows the rules, look, we're gonna be giving our opinions and our feelings on it. Of course, we're probably going to be all wrong and proven wrong over time, but still, it's going to be interesting to have some sort of time capsule episode talking about these rules and how we think that's going to change the game. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, not everyone gets to see the Mariners um, 
on the weekend a few times that they've been on TV this year. So with the season starting and every Mariner game going on, just a little refresher if, or if you don't know them, uh, just a little way to inform you of what's changed and how they've also made tweaks after implementing these during the spring training here. Yeah, pitch clock for the pitchers, batters, uh, the banning of the shift. We're also going to uh, talk about the bigger bases, and we'll we'll, we'll do a little bit of it today because we're going to get into the Bat Boy and Bat Girl uh, um, rules, or uh, just I don't know the what I don't even know what to call this. Just something that they're going to be overseeing and and. Um, you know, monitoring, I guess, I guess that's the, what's slowing things up in baseball. I don't know, but we're going to get into that. Uh, just another plug, uh, this Saturday, um, March 25th at Murphy's on 45th. It's right there. I believe on Meridian and 45th. It's right there on the corner, right across from the CVS. Uh, if you've been listening to our show, we did a bunch of shows there in, um, February, uh, and one of them was with Tom Hutler, the you know Mariners public address announcer since 1987. He's you know an absolute Seattle treasure. Uh, we had a fun episode with him that's still available. I think on this episode you'll probably hear some of the uh, you know sound bites from that. You know in the in the ad breaks. Well, his band High Cheese, it's a perfect name for somebody that works in baseball. Hi, his band High Cheese will be playing there. I believe they start at nine, but everything kicks off at eight. Hanno, you'll be there doing the uh, doing the hokey pokey, right? Yeah, exactly. I mean, I, I I like live music. Haven't been to a live show in a long time, and uh, you know what a great opportunity to go out on a Saturday night and uh, have a good time. Murphy's is a great place to have a couple pops, and you know, see Tom again and. Uh, repay the favor of him helping us out and us going over there to uh, support him. Yeah. And he, they, if you can't get down there, you know, check him out on social media. He's their band plays all around Seattle. I know they play up in West Seattle. Uh, he's a really cool guy. He's, you know, made a lot of like covers and very done a lot of music stuff, you know, in, in the Seattle radio scene. So, um, that's going to be a fun night. Uh, Again, that's Murphy's on 45th, uh, Tom Hutler and High Cheese. But when we get back, we'll get into all of the stuff that has been uh, advertised right after this. Get ready to play hardball in the kingdom. Take me to the ball game. I want to see the ants. The Mariners are playing hardball. Princess Tours, the vacation company, brings you the best show in baseball when the San Diego Chicken plays hardball with the Seattle Mariners and the Baltimore Orioles tonight in the Kingdom. Fry bread and mustard, a Mariners podcast. We have the one and only Mr. Tom Hutler. Do you have any of your favorite stories from the Kingdom? There was a time we had an earthquake, and so we they were going to evacuate the building. So I was like getting up to go leave, and they go, "No, you can't go. You got to read these safety <laughs> things." It's like, do we need to tell them that there's smoking's only on the exterior <laughs> ramp? Yeah. And Dave came shooting past. He signed off. I'm going. Wait, I'm the only one here. Listen and subscribe to Rye Bread and Mustard, Emeritus Podcast, on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. All right, so one of the more interesting stories is 
that's been coming out, you know, in the last day or so is Rob Manfred, uh, the commissioner of baseball is reportedly putting bat boys and girls on notice. They're on notice, Hanno, for slowing the games down. And boy, this is just not a really good look, is it? Uh, it's just doesn't, it doesn't, the headlines don't read right. Yeah, maybe it's, uh, I don't know. We're going to get into this. It's just, I, I'm sure there's some scientific facts that say that it might add two or three minutes of a game, but these aren't the people that, <laughs> that need to be, uh, you know, forced into or being blamed for uh, the three and a half hour, four hour games. No, not at all, but it seems like the uh, it's just another audit by Major League Baseball just checking every box to make sure that they can, uh, you know, speed up the game. Uh, it's quite ridiculous. Uh, but, you know, what's interesting, you know, uh, is that the Bat Boys, I, something I have noticed in spring training is, you know, after the guys went to first base, they didn't usually have their oven mitt, you know, sliding protection glove right. with them the, the bat boy would bring it out to them but uh some of them wore them in their back pocket but now i see all of them do so the bat boy is never going to the first base coach to to hand it to him or anything like that so it's from the dugout grab that bat and get your tail back over to the dugout and sit down you know gosh you know i mean all these other rules come with you know, some sort of punishment towards your team, right? In the pitch clock, it's a, it's a ball or it's a strike, depending if you're the batter or uh, or the hit or the pitcher. <laughs> and, and you know, the, the clock, how many times you throw to first base, you throw too many times, it turns into basically like a free base or a balk. So how do you how do you penalize the uh, you know bat boys or bat girls? Uh, so. Just this is just going off of the USA Today um, article, which you can get on usatoday.com. Among the rules and new standards for bat boys and bat girls around the league, yes, apparently, if they're too slow, basically, they don't penalize the team, but their jobs could be in jeopardy. Quote This is a memo. Uh, new standards will be enforced for bat boys and bat girls whose ability to quickly retrieve equipment will help efforts to speed up the game according to the memo the league will evaluate the performances of bat boys and bat girls and could ask teams to replace them if their performance is considered substandard so i guess somebody's i guess they created another job just to watch to watch this is, is there somebody gonna sit out there with like a clock watch are we gonna get cyber metrics on like who gets up there and grabs a bat and a, a thrown a helmet um faster I, I i don't know you know well yeah i mean players as they're evaluated you know they're evaluated on 2080 scale i wonder if that's going to be the same case for the bat boy and bat girl if you know um i mean are they gonna are they gonna start evaluating the ball boy and ball girl down the left field and right field line um i know san francisco uses um folks that are a lot older than you would see your normal bat boy and bat girl so are are is are they going to be on the clock? Do they need to make that play if it's a foul ball? I mean, that's an extra fifteen seconds for the for the fielder to go over, retrieve it, or the bat boy and bat girl, and then throw it in the stands and then get back in position. So I don't know what's going on with this. To me, yeah. it's just very silly. 
I wonder if this was something that they just were going to do, you know, behind the curtain and then it got out and then they had to put out a memo, which a lot of these things are. But yeah, uh, yeah you're, you're right. I mean, it probably was one of the reporters got the memo of this. That's that's the only thing that can make sense. Yeah, it because it just seems very cold. Uh, here's here's a tweet on the uh, on the article by somebody named uh, Quinn St. Louis Cards. It says Angel Hernandez. I think they're talking about the umpire sued MLB and forced them to publicly announce he doesn't do World Series games because he frequently makes incorrect calls and made a big scene when three of his ACL ALCS calls were overturned. He's still there, but if a bat boy takes too long to run and get a bat, he's unemployed. I don't even I don't even notice the bat boy and bat girl ever, you know, because usually I'm listening when I'm at the stadium, I'm hearing Tom Hutler announce their name and the play and the you know, the players come to a bat and then he's rock and I'm hearing what music they're playing and he's ready to step in. I mean, there's never been a case where I've noticed the bat boy sloughing. Yeah, and and I wonder too with certain teams, it's every team has different uh, uh, bat boys or bat girls. Um, you know, uh, age, uh, build, maybe you know physical attributes. You know, maybe somebody's you know uh, getting getting up and moving very fast isn't isn't their strong point. I I don't know. Maybe. They could run into some discriminatory problems here. Uh, it's just, it's just so, it's so bizarre. It's just, it's, it's just another thing of like, hey, we need to get out of here again. I, I get some of these rules. You know, there, there is a plus side to it. You know, we're gonna get a, maybe a little bit away from the just the analytics and the game's gonna kind of go back to the players, which is kind of an argument just to keep it going. I get it, but some of these things, it just. And especially the message that kind of goes out where, again, I feel like it's like we've worked a full shit. We've worked a full uh, work week. We're going into work on Saturday. We're getting in here and we're getting the hell out of here. It kind of feels like the message versus like, ah, baseball, sit down, relax, have a hot dog, have a beer, take in, you know, the sights of the game. Again, it sights the sound of the game. And again, like, you know, with the game starting earlier on weekdays, and the game going fast, it's like shit. You might not get into a game till the fourth inning. <laughs> you know, it's just it's it's gonna be interesting to see how this really plays out outside of spring training when you know people are paying good money, the games count, and you know, the game of baseball is now gonna be altered with these rules, and we'll see we'll see how it goes. And we'll, again, we're gonna talk about this next week just on its own standalone episode. Do you have anything? Anything more to add about this? No, I mean, I mean, the only th other thing I guess I could mention is, I mean, being a bat boy, yeah, that's not the only thing you do is, you know, you have other responsibilities. You're kind of part of the clubhouse crew or, you know, so what are they going to, if yeah, they give the ball one guy the... and ro rotate them in and out, or if they have a problem or it's just, it's really, a, it makes no sense to me. Yeah, they run the balls to the uh, umpire as well. Yeah. So, yeah, and again, yeah, the foul balls off. And now that you have netting around the whole entire, <laughs> most of these stadiums, it's kind of makes more 
work for the ball boys and the ball girls and the bat boys and the, you know, everybody We're usually would just go into the stands, maybe nail somebody and the game keeps going, you know, but now, you know, it's hitting this and somebody has got to go get a base coach. That's going to be the next thing. We're going to be penalizing base coaches for taking too long to go over and get the ball and give it to a fan. Yeah. Or hurry up, Manny act, uh, give your signs a little quicker. Yeah. It's, it's, well, he actually has to. I mean, the batter only has eight, or let's see, he would have 12 seconds with a runner on, and if he gives the batter a signal before they have to be aware with eight seconds left. And we'll get into that next week. Yeah. Um, so we had another list. So we had another list uh, we were mentioning. Now it's ESPN's top 100 players. And seems like from the MLB list, this one – it has less Mariners, I believe, in the top 100, or it's this just about the same. I think it's one less. But we've had some uh, players move up. Uh, you know, most importantly, again, our guy, Julio Rodriguez, uh, coming in at number seven on this list. I believe he was 16, wasn't he, on the... Uh, on the uh, MLB list, I believe. Um, Luis Castillo coming in at number 37, which is interesting, um, which I was checking out on Seattle Sports. Uh, they brought up the fact that Julio and Castillo, the Mariners' one-two punch in this countdown, ranks higher together than uh, the Astros' one-two punch. So that's... Uh, that's that's pretty interesting. So uh, and they're also saying that in a season prediction for Rodriguez, uh, senior writer David uh, Sconefield, I think his name is, uh, thinks that at the end of the year, basically, I think he's believing that Rodriguez could be ranked as number two, which is quite a feat when you're considering. So you're saying you're going to either rank him above Otani or you're going to rank him above trout um or judge or judge so that's 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 kind of interesting um and uh i think that's what he was saying maybe i'm maybe i'm misre uh, misreading this but that would be interesting uh, but number seven ranking for rodriguez as it says here in the article significant for a couple of reasons first quote first of all the full eight positions before the first player from the defending champion houston astros uh, Jordan Alvarez shows up in second. It says a season prediction for Rodriguez that again, like I was saying, ESPN senior writer, David Schoenfield, not only predicts that he will finish in the top three of the American league, uh, MVP, but he will lead Seattle to a surprise AL title run. I guess that's what they were saying here. Maybe it was somebody else that said, maybe the ranking would be two. You guys go do your homework. Uh, bottom line. I heard it somewhere. Um, <laughs> <laughs> So again, uh, Julio was coming in back to the list. I just wanted to top that one off right off the top. Julio at number seven, Luis Castillo at 37. Then we don't see any action until 91, which is George Kirby. Number 98 is Logan Gilbert. And number nine is Teoscar Hernandez, which is interesting because I don't think Kirby and Gilbert were on that MLB list. I think you had guys like Ty France um, on there. Uh, and I know, you know, Dumper got a snub and Eugenio got a snub. No, uh, no difference here. Um, but yeah, this is 
you know, you still got five guys. There's, you know, out of how many players on how many teams, this is, uh, this is looking good. There's a lot of hype for the Mariners though. Yeah. No Robbie Ray on that list, huh? No, no Robbie Ray. Yeah. Yeah. And, I mean, go ahead. I was going to say, yeah, it's, it's ESPN. I mean, I, I kind of take it with a grain of salt after they came out with their list of ranking the best rotations in baseball and they had the Mariners all the way, I believe at like 14. I so, think, yeah, I think it was 16. Yeah. It was, I mean, somewhere, it, was, it was somewhere that was like, if the Mariners aren't in the top, like six, I think it's ridiculous. But yeah, it's always good to have, I mean, I, I think it's really cool that Gilbert and Logan are, are being recognized. I mean, they should, they, I could see either one of those guys being up there for some big time accolades throughout this season, you know, maybe Cy Young, even all-star games. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I think it's uh, really huge for them. Um, and the two players on Houston, if you're wondering which two that Castillo and uh, Julio show up earlier on the list, it's uh, Alvarez. And then I believe Tucker, at 39. Um, but yeah, it's uh, obviously the Angels is going to have Trout and they're going to have uh, Otani. And then, you know, the, the Rangers, they got Seeger, DeGrom, and Marcus Simeon on here. There's quite a bit of AL West players on this list. Where is Jeremy Pena at? It says Jeremy Pena was number 52. And uh, I believe the Astros have the most players on this list altogether definitely in the al west i mean they got valdez on there like you said they got tucker they got um bergman of course uh, enough of this astros talk people could go check out this list it's at espn you google uh espn top 100 right now i know we've talked about the mlb list we've talked about a couple other lists uh but our mlb network but this is the newest one uh, to, you know, argue about or use as conversation pieces. If you have a podcast, uh, <laughs> it's the ESPN 100. But uh, when we get back real quick, we are going to talk about Julio on the cover of the Sports Illustrated magazine. Ever heard of it? We'll be back to fill you in right after this. Okay, picture this, it's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. And we're All back. Right. And we're back with more Julio talk. Uh, it, it, it feels good, you know, that we're so close to the season now. I know it's fun to talk about the, you know, fringe players and the battles in spring training, but it does feel good to, you know, get it, get our teeth into things like this of like, hey, Julio's on the cover of the Sports Illustrated. I'm sure they're selling out 
selling like hotcakes in the Seattle area. It looks great. This is like one of those you frame it, put in your office kind of things. Maybe get it signed. Uh, it's really awesome. I mean, this is huge. And this is the this is the MLB preview. It's not like he just got hot in the middle of the season and had a really good week or is having a good month. And they're like, we got to get him on there. This is the kickoff episode of of their baseball coverage of the season. You get what it is. You get it. I don't need to explain it anymore. What do you think about it, Hanno? Well, yeah. I mean, as we saw Julio transform into this superstar, you know, last year, I mean, it makes all sense in the world that he's getting these type of accolades. Uh, rookie of the year last year, um, got MVP votes. He's ranked number seven in ESPN's top 100. You know, he's a top 15 guy in MLB networks. Uh, they're thinking, you know, I've heard reporters saying that he could be the next 40-40 player this year. I mean, sky's the limit for him, and this is just the first of many things that he is going to, you know, be a part of, and people are going to um, put out and do articles on and specials. I mean, he's an incredible talent. Yeah, and, you know, the cover is one thing. Obviously, you can't judge a book or a magazine by its cover. It's what's on the inside. And let me tell you, I went through this really quickly before we did this show, did some of that speed reading. Um, but it is a great article. I can't wait to get back into it. Um, it's by Tom Verducci, who always does great stuff. Um, there's also a video if you go on, um, you know, just Google the Sports Illustrated. I didn't even think I was going to be able to get into this article. I thought this was going to be like a paid subscription kind of thing. I guess maybe they're just letting this one go because they're promoting baseball. But, yeah, I mean, last year, first ever 2025 20, uh, debut season. Um, it talks about how he added speed to play center field, how he cold turkey quit video games emphasizes yeah. feel over uh feel over data um you know he's not a data guy i guess it, uh talk about his uh his olympic bronze bronze medalist fastest sprint speed among center fielders and how he you know how this all happened um he hit a sign and won a beer from uh scott service i believe uh you know talks about how he taught himself english um 81 bombs at the derby i mean we all know the stories and the headlines you know at 21 the first uh youngest first year all-star outfielder since joe dimaggio so it's the first rookie season at his age for, uh, since joe dimaggio um and uh he even talks about he gave up fast food and makes book recommendations it's all the stuff that we've seen you know periodically through like the j-rod show and a lot of the like i said the headlines that we we've kind of known or the stories we've known like the training and this and it really is just a really eye-opening uh, look at all of it you really keep like dig into it through this article yeah that's cool like you said tom verducci's been one of the better uh scribes out there writing for baseball and been around a long time so i'm i'm really intrigued to read that article yeah you you really get into he or he really gets into too even though there's a lot of quotes from julio just of like 
just the significance of him coming into the game at this particular time, especially with the rule changes and, you know, makes a, a point about, you know, we're getting away, might be getting away from the data and giving the game back to the players with the speeding up of the game. And then you've got Julio. So it could just be this perfect cocktail. Uh, it seems like that's a big part of what he's, he's getting at here, you know, you know, no shift, even though, you know, he was only what, like 8% of the time shifted, but still that's, that's a, that's a good amount when you're, you know, getting up to the plate over 500 times. Yeah. Um, I remember as a young kid, just always being so excited. If one of the hometown team's players was on a sports illustrated, I mean, the Griffey, the A-Rod, I mean, that was just so cool as a young kid. And for all the young Mariner fans to now have Julio Rodriguez on. I, I know Sports Illustrated isn't as big as it was when you or I were younger. Um, everybody reads things online now, but uh, that's still cool. Yeah, I, it, it is cool. It's still it's still Sports Illustrated. To the sports fans, it's it's still... This is this is the Playboy magazine. <laughs> you know, it's 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 the real thing. Uh, well, they you also remember there was the old SI Jinx, right? You remember that? Yeah, the SI Jinx. Then there's video games Jinx. Do you remember Sports Illustrated for kids? Oh yeah, oh I, yeah. I I still have that one with Griffey blowing the big bubble. I still have that uh, somewhere at my mom's, or maybe it's in my garage. Uh, but you know, going back to like, uh, just like a couple of excerpts from this, um, uh, let's see here, you know, as a speedy right-handed hitter, Rodriguez did not suffer greatly from shift. Like I said, only 8% of the time, but with the pitchers now required to work fast, less recovery time between intense, uh, with not as much with, with the intense effort, more balls are obviously going to be expected to be in play, higher success of stealing his hitting and running skills are exactly what baseball wants to highlight to pull the game out of this 15 year, you know, aesthetic decline. And, uh, Julio says, quote, I like it because I feel it is just being able to be put on display everything that you can do to help a team win. I feel like you push more people to even become more complete players. I know a lot of people say, oh, don't steal bases because it doesn't really impact the game. It's not good, but 90 feet will always impact the game in a better way. 90 feet can mean the difference between a guy hitting with no outs and a man on first with a chance to hit into a double play and hitting with a guy in scoring position that can be the deciding run in a game. I mean, yeah. It's 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 not rocket science, but I mean it's just great that somebody like this that you're like, hey, let's slow it down because you're a big home run hitter, and he's like, he wants to play baseball, you know? Yeah, hey, yeah, absolutely. It's it's bringing the athleticism back into the game. It's playing with anticipation. It's it's being a heads up base runner. I mean, all those things that can make or break, and you know, give you that advantage and maybe steal you a ball game. Those intangibles and to hear him talk like that at such a young age. I mean, it's incredible. Yeah. And you got excerpts from Manny Acta, you know, one of my just favorite people, especially in the Mariners organization and baseball in general, uh, some stories from Scott service, a lot of stuff that we haven't heard and just a little bit deeper on the, some of the stories that we have heard. Uh, uh, we talks about who he's training with, like his, 
the guy that he tra- the hitting coach he trains with in the off season who is I believe was a minor league hitter who is uh yeah his name is Osvaldo Diaz uh he's 40 a former minor league player from Cuba who's tutored three of the past AL rookies of the years Rodriguez Randy Rosarena and Jordan Alvarez I mean this guy I mean that's a hell of a calling card right, <laughs> right there right Heck yeah. I mean, all three of those are killers on the baseball field. I mean, we saw it. I mean, Rosa Reina was fantastic in the WBC. We know how Alvarez was. He was fantastic in the World Series. I mean, and we know Julio. So, yeah, wow. That guy, he may, he's, uh, I'm surprised more guys aren't itching to work with him. And something else I think that Mariners fans would really like to read, Ed, you know, is a little bit about his relationship still with Carlos Santana. I, I believe Verducci is just kind of like a fly on the wall listening to what uh, Santana was saying to him. It made, made the story. I mean, I don't want to give up too much stuff. It's, it's just a really good article. Uh, you know, the, the picture on the front of the sports illustrated course is going to be, you know, we're going to see those that in sports bars. I'm sure that's something Julio is going to have to get used to signing on. Um, it's definitely a con- uh, collector's item, uh, but uh, yeah, it's it's just a really cool article. I'd go read it while you can. I I thought this would be a paid subscription thing to go read this, so it's up there. Check it out. Yeah, I'm gonna go do that as soon as we're done with this. You know, this is our Friday drop, so you know what that means. It's the Depoto Show deconstructed. If you don't know what this is in your first timer, it's uh, the Jerry DePoto show that is on uh, 710 Seattle Sports, the Seattle Mariners flagship station. They do a show every um, Thursday. I believe it's at 830 in the morning, but if you can't catch it at 830 in the morning, just check it out on their app. Look at this. I'm just giving them some free pub here for, you know, all of our listeners. Um, but um yeah, uh, today it was Brock Heward and Ryan Roland Smith was actually sitting in for uh, Mike Salt. Not going to complain about that. And uh, it was a pretty good show. Um, and here are the uh, here are the the uh, cliff notes to the episode. Um, they of course talk about a little bit more of the vibe and the personality of the team. We've had the in and out, uh, you know, run that they had this week. We've had some mic'd up stuff. So you know, Jerry was just talking about just how important that is. Um, but at the same time, he's like, we got all these great. Uh, personalities and like Tay Oscar is a great fit and everything sounds good. But I also say winning's got a lot to do with that. Don't you, Hannah? Yeah. Winning. No doubt. Yeah. winning. Yeah. And being new to winning. Yeah, exactly. I mean, they got a taste of it last year. I mean, they're looking to uh, extend what they learned last year and go a lot further. Yeah. He also goes into uh, asked a couple questions about the team. Uh, if you haven't seen the arc or the headline, like he's quoted as saying he likes this team. He sees no trades happening um, anytime soon. He did go into that. Yes. Teams are checking in right now as they do at this time in spring training. Uh, but, you know, he hasn't heard anything that's, uh, you know, worth biting on obviously or it would have happened you know last year there was a bit more trading 
at spring training, the big Suarez winker trade happened. Uh, but obviously people are checking in on the pitching, but, um, he says he doesn't want to deplenish, you know, their greatest resource when they don't have to. And for my money, I, I agree. I feel like the value of the pitching is just going to get better as the season goes, goes along. Yeah. I mean, I agree with that. Um, I know today Philadelphia lost their really good first baseman, Reese Hoskins. Um, I don't know if Philadelphia's situation, if they got someone waiting in the winds or what, um, could Evan White maybe be a guy that they would call and check in on? Hard to say. I mean, I don't know how Philadelphia would put up with him not being able to hit like he's shown. But, I mean, that's a guy maybe that could be traded. But uh, just, you know, you just never know. Like Jerry said, to, um, guys are checking in. So anything can happen at any time. Yeah, and Evan White, you know, Phil, when you bring up that Philly, which is pretty interesting, that's a team that thumps the shit out of the ball. So maybe you could kind of hide him in that lineup. True. Yeah. I mean, just someone to play lights out defense. And yeah, they are loaded offensively. You're right. Yeah, they are. They are. They're loaded offensively and they're going to get Bryce Harper back in a, you know, by the all-star break. They, they, you know, and they, they signed Trey Turner, you know, so. I mean that that team is that team is loaded. They were in the World Series last year, and I would I would go out on the limb and say they got to the World Series uh, a bit earlier than I think they thought they were going to be in the World Series. Yeah, I mean, they're, yeah, they're they're great. Uh, they're they're definitely one of the, my favorite National League teams to watch because they're so dominant offensively. Yeah, and you know, on this podcast, we just love talking about the Phillies. <laughs> Anyways. Getting off of that subject. That was my bad and your bad. Not my but, bad. I just brought up a trade because you mentioned it. All right. And then I dove in. It's it's on me. I know we're trying to watch, not talking about other teams. <laughs> so here. We got some feedback on that. Um, uh, Cooper Hummel. Uh, obviously, the one of the best stories of all, all of spring training. Uh, you know, Hummel, he was talking about you know, how Hummel, you know, had his one foot on the roster, one foot not when he came into camp, but it seems like he's going to be on this opening day roster, one would think. Uh, he did mention that the roster is 99.9% .9 ready, but did not give any, uh, obviously, they're, he's not giving it away until they need to give it away. But Gotcha. It, so he didn't mention Hummel by name or anything yet? No, not as pertaining to the to the roster he gotcha. just said hey you know kind of danced around that i get that um uh talk a little bit about on uh andres munoz and this two-seamer that he's brought into camp says he was working on it last year uh towards the end of the season i don't think he used it in the playoffs but uh i guess it's something that he has been working on for a minute yeah um just another weapon for him uh, I did, I mentioned it last podcast when we were talking about Munoz that he, I saw an interview with him and where he talked about, he felt like even though he throws so hard, guys were getting on his fastball a little bit. So it's just, it's just another weapon to keep guys off balance. Yeah. And if you're like new to baseball or you don't really pay too much attention when they talk about this two seamer, it's, it's the same thing. It's a fastball, but it has a bit more tail to it. Correct. Yeah, exactly. Um, it's got more movement towards it when, you know, like an infielder will try to grip the ball four seams and throw it cause it's straighter. Um, 
and has that backspin motion. A two-seamer, when you grab it with the seams, if you look at a baseball like in the horseshoe, yeah, it'll move on you more, but still have yeah. that high velocity. I definitely played with a lot of infielders that threw me two-seamers at first base, Hannah. Yeah, I mean, it doesn't surprise me that you, since you played about our little league. <laughs> uh he was all he was also asked uh you know what is the big change in robbie ray because robbie ray has had a phenomenal spring training and a lot of it has to do with you know the shape he's in right we've talked about it we've heard about it and i thought something interesting that jerry brought up was that he thought last year i don't know if he said I think he did. He said if there is any player he thinks that got impacted the most with the uncertainty of the lockout, he thinks it was Robbie Ray and just the way you prepare and not knowing. And, you know, a lot of players that in coming off of, you know, we saw this in 2021 too, or, or in 2020, I should say, when people didn't know what was going on in 2021. And then you had this lockout where this is now like really the first, you know, everything back to regular business as far as getting ready. And he was kind of just talking about like, he thinks that was a big credit to this and also detriment to him. Yeah. I mean, uh, you're right. Uh, and it makes sense. The lockout last year, they only had three weeks to prepare, prepare before the season started um, this year. They're on a normal schedule with a full spring training you know, maybe some guys, maybe Robbie's one of this guy, these guys, you know, they're just creatures of habit and need that time to kind of go with with uh, what they're used to, you know, and and gradually get themselves ready to go. So, yeah, it's definitely a possibility. I mean, it makes sense. Uh, they've said that his fastball's up a tick, you know, he's reaching 97, something that he, he was not reaching last year. And so, yeah, looks in great shape. I... I I'm really excited about Robbie Ray this year. As as am I. And I I hope he sees that he was not on this ESPN uh uh list. Another chip on the shoulder. Uh uh and again, Jerry you know echoed that and service said this too. Um good health for Murphy and Kelnick as we were talking about precautionary stuff. They're they're probably gonna shut him down a little bit, I would I would assume just for the next week or so. Uh, again, he says he loves this team, likes this team. He likes the roster that he put together. I mean, from what I saw out in spring training, it looked really good. And I wasn't even out there when the stars were there. You know, I, 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 I have to agree with him for how maybe we felt without these big acquisitions to now with everybody, you know, for the most part being healthy, you know, everybody's going to have a couple of people that are a little banged up, but we don't have any of those out for the seasons, you know, knock on wood, we're going into the last weekend of the season. He also, I also want to mention that he said, Hey, he feels great about how left field looks. And, you know, it's much more clear now, I think of their vision of the DH. He was kind of going in that. And I have to agree with that. I have to agree with, uh, how it's how it's working out and i and i like it and i know we can make acquisitions through the season and i'm sure that sure you will because you know your opening roster is never gonna be your you know day 162 or hopefully your postseason roster but i agree left field looks fine um with the depth out there and you know the rotating through the dh as long as people are hitting in that position i have no problem 
Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, and looking over the stats the last couple of days, I mean, Pollock's had great games, uh, had a couple hits in both games. Um, you mentioned Kelnick and Murphy's injury. Luckily, they only ended up missing a day. They ended up playing a day. Um, so did. Okay, that's my bad. No, yeah. Um, it, yeah, so it's just good news that they're back playing. So um, I've, you know, their last game's coming up on Monday. I've heard some rumors that um, the actual roster might be confirmed by Sunday. So that'll be exciting to know. Um, sooner it's rather than later. Sunday, we're recording. So as soon as this, this roster comes out. I heard out, Tuesday. No, I'm jeezing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we got a lot of fun stuff coming next week, you know, everybody. So just tune in. And uh, the, the one last thing from the DePoto show, go listen to it, though, uh, was they mentioned uh, I, was, he was asked a question, one of those Brock Heward uh you know, deep questions here. And it was basically like what player on the minor league roster, meaning the guys that are not starting opening day, no shit, uh, that will have the, the George Kirby effect. And I, I like DePoto, that. Yeah. I like that question. And I, yeah, it's a great question. And I like the way DePoto answered it. You know, he said, listen, that is a high bar because I think he mentioned that, Kirby outside of Verlander had the second highest war from like when he came up till the end of the season. So he says, that's a high bar. So I don't want to say that's going to easily happen again, but he, he did mention the guys that I think we've been talking about a lot, Bryce Miller and Perlanda Baroja. Uh, he said, those would be the guys, uh, but also mentioned that. And he goes into it a bit more like, don't expect that to happen so fast they're definitely going to get their time and their and their seasoning down in in the minor leagues and that is also a credit to how deep and strong that the pitching roster or starting pitching is and and the bullpen yeah and we got to remember that last year it was you know right up till the end of spring training it was matt brash and george kirby actually fighting for that last fifth spot where you know miller and baroa you know weren't weren't in that same situation so but yeah it's so great to have that depth and know that if need to be called upon those are great guys to call on yeah and he also talked about one other thing i left out of here he talked about a name that i totally forgot that we acquired was what's his name trevor got yeah yeah reliever yeah, and I was like, oh, shit, I forgot about that guy. And he talked a little bit about that. But, again, that's the that's our segment, the DePoto Show, Deconstructed. Uh, go listen to it. Uh, but also, if you don't have enough time and you just want to get, you know, the cliff notes to it, always check in here on Friday. I'm a big fan of uh, Seattle Sports uh, 710, their radio content. Hanno doesn't really have time to uh, listen to him too much, but uh, I I got everybody's back on here. So I like that. This is something that Hanno and I were doing before we even had this podcast. I was literally always giving him the cliff notes to the uh, DePoto show. And we just said, fuck it. Let's do it. It was bucket. Let's do it live. Right. Yeah. It's, 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 Got some insights along with, you know, the fluff from Jerry, which is cool. You know, you got to kind of read between the lines. And and you're the guy that gives it to me between, you know, reads between the lines and gives it to me. 
yeah, uh, hence the word deconstructed. We're, 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 we're picking it apart. We're, we're talking about it. Why Bread and Mustard, a Mariners podcast. We have the one and only Mr. Tom Hutler. How are you doing? Doing well, guys. Thank you for having me. There was one time I came out of a watering hole in West Seattle, and somebody came, and this guy had been overserved. I came out of the restaurant, and he goes, you're the, you're the Mariner guy? I go, yeah. And he goes, could you do Ken Griffey Jr.? And I said, okay. So I did it, and he goes, you're a great man. <laughs> I love it. Listen and subscribe to Rye Bread and Mustard, a Mariners podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. running out of time here but look this is the final weekend of spring training i think that's what we should title the show the final weekend of spring training edition of the rye bread and mustard mariners podcast we got a lot of fun stuff uh coming to you guys as far as content in fact we're a little bit backlogged because uh you know next week obviously no shit is the start of the season so we we definitely want to give some focus on that with the rules uh talk about some of the promos going on uh this season i know they announced it a bit ago but we'll talk about that in the theme nights when they finalize this roster we'll do that maybe an aos uh, showdown and then the week following that we have some big guests so we're ready to you know kick this shit off next week where we're, we're talking about games and breaking games down we'll always be back um when a season or sorry when a series wraps we'll we will always have an episode but we might have more episodes than that but you know we'll be at least coming to you at least three times a week uh, you know always hit us up on the socials uh, or email us at rye bread and mustard podcast at gmail.com um, shout out to the people at odyssey we're, we're excited to finally kick off our uh, real season, uh, a real season with them. We, we signed up with them, you know, right towards the end of the postseason, but we really didn't get acclimated to the way Odyssey uh, does things, uh, especially Odyssey Sports. So it's it's really fun to see this through. And we want to thank you guys for listening. And you know, we don't we don't have this this show with Odyssey with without the without the listeners and the support from you know even our friends and family and stuff like that so we just want to give you a big thank you a big a big hug right hanno yeah always appreciate the listeners uh you know we like to do this just you know because we enjoy the mariners and we have a good time doing it It gives us a chance to talk about it and uh yeah thanks so much for getting giving support and you know it's fun growing this mariner group all together yeah, it, it really is. And again, thank you for listening on Odyssey or checking some of this stuff out on YouTube. Odyssey Sports can be rolling out like a more of a formal uh, YouTube at some point that we're going to be included in. But we're going to start putting stuff up there. And again, we're always on Apple, Spotify, Google, Amazon Music, uh, with, uh, Audible, Overcast, iHeartRadio. Of course, right here on Odyssey. I've given them enough plugs. They're going to be happy. And make sure if you're if you're catching this before the 25th or maybe on the 25th or maybe you're listening to this and it's like 8 o'clock and you're rolling through, uh, rolling down Aurora or rolling and you're getting off on or you're rolling down the I-5 and you see that 45th Street exit, get off of there, head on over to Murphy's to check out Tom Hutler. And high cheese and go back and listen to his episodes there's part one part two or you can listen to it in its full entirety um but yeah we're running way over time right here so i'm gonna shut the hell up i'm gonna get out of the way hanno you know what time it is 
I think you hit your quota. <laughs> yeah.